unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to go over some Bengals headlines, and we're also going to review the game against the Arizona Cardinals. What's up, guys? This is Evan McPherson, and you're listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. All right, Bengals football is back, and win or lose, it's just preseason. You got to remember, there was no Joe Burrow, there was no Jamar Chase, Mixon, Boyd, Higgins, Hendrickson, you name it. No one was in there for this game, just a couple starters. So the end result isn't what matters. What matters is we were able to watch Bengals football. Life is good when there's Bengals football. Okay, so the next thing I want to do is send a message out to Mr. Tobin and Mr. Brown, and you guys know that I respect your work. I never have had a bad thing to say about you for your entire careers. You've been drafting amazingly. The players that you brought in have been great. You, you built a Super Bowl roster, and you built a young team that's going to contend for a long time. And I know there's some people in the front office that I've had correspondence with, so I know that you guys are listening in some capacity. So hopefully word gets to Mr. Tobin and Mr. Brown about what I'm about to say. We can't continue with the offensive line like this. I know the starters didn't play, but we had a lot of backups in there. We had guys that played in the Super Bowl. We have draft picks. We have undrafteds. We have rookie free agents. And it was a mess out there. No one was doing their job. I mean, Brandon Allen didn't even have a chance to succeed because he got a concussion in the first series. Now, keep in mind, if there was those same cast of characters or even a couple of them, that could have been Joe Burrow with that concussion. And it's just unacceptable. And I, I'm protective of our guys. You know I love every guy on this team and I root for them. I, I, I'm redundant when I say it. But I, I can't hold it back anymore. I was so upset at the offensive line in the Super Bowl. And then we go into preseason week one. You have some of the same guys that played in the Super Bowl and they're just getting devastated by the Cardinals' backups. It's just, you can't do this anymore. Guys, you have to listen to me. We have to cut bait. You can't say, well, this is a draft pick. This is a young player. This player's developing. This is this. This is that. There comes a time where you say, you know what? You're a backup. But when you go in there, you're a liability to the team and to the quarterback's health. I mean, we couldn't even get the running game going. The running backs didn't have a chance. There was a running back who was cut the next day. He didn't have a fair shake because there was nowhere to run. No one could have run through those holes that those guys were getting. And the quarterbacks were under constant pressure. We have to find a way to change this. And there's still time right now. You know, you look at the Jets. Mekhi Becton goes out for the year. And what do they do? They sign Dwayne Brown. A lot of money understandable, but they brought in a guy with some experience that's going to be better than throwing in a second, fourth, sixth rounder and hoping that they develop properly. No matter what kind of coaching, it's not working with these guys. Coach Pollock, you're a, a great coach. We we acknowledge that, but I'm not seeing growth out of these guys. And I'm I actually, you saw a regression in week one. Am I pulling the fire alarm too early? Maybe because we're so jacked up to, to have Cincinnati Bengals football and here's game one and already there's a letdown. So, you know, maybe I'm getting more angry and more emotional about this than I should. 
But I'm worried because when you think about this, Kappa's already battling a core injury. I mean, we're hoping that he's going to play 17 games, playoffs and everything, no problems there. But you never know. This is the NFL. Jonah Williams, only one complete season in the NFL without injury. You never know what's going to happen there. Lyle Collins is going to be the savior of this offensive line. He's only played one full season. He's always missed some time. So based on history and based on the NFL and the physicality of playing offensive line, you're probably going to see some of the guys that started on Friday night have some starts during the season for the Bengals and blocking for Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I, it just can't be a repeat of this. And we know, like, we all have it in our heads that Joe Burrow is going to be a Bengal for life. They're never going to let him leave this building. Whatever money it takes, understandable. And I believe that's the case. I mean, please, I never want to see Joe Burrow leave this team, obviously. But if you continue to have these kind of offensive line problems, his family's going to talk to him. His friends are going to talk to him. His peers are going to talk to him. His agent's going to talk to him and say, are you sure you want to stay with this organization if they can't protect you? Because you're going to have a five-year career. You're going to be the greatest quarterback ever for five years and possibly not much beyond that because you're going to get sacked 50, 60, 70 times a year. It has to change. We can't be too proud. We can't just say, these are our guys. I'm not giving up on a young player this early. The tape is out there. And as a backup, if you can't fill in and back up properly, then you you shouldn't be on the team. So there's guys on the street. I don't care if they're 35 years old. I don't care who they are. You have to find a way to get better players behind your starting five than what we have here. Because right now, I'm afraid of what's going to happen this season. You know, one or two injuries, and we're looking at last year all over again. And yes, we went far last year in spite of the offensive line. And if it continues, you're going to see guys get hurt, and you're going to see losses, and you're going to see the organization break down, and it could be avoidable if we just say, hey, you know what? We're cutting bait. And I'm not naming names. We all know who the culprits are, and we all know that they try hard. They're they're Bengals. They're they're our guys, but they're not cutting it, and the long-term ramifications could be devastating, and it needs to change. So Mr. Tobin, Mr. Brown... Elizabeth, if you're listening, please, let's find a way to fix this. Bring in a couple veterans and let's be bold and not be stubborn and fix this problem because it still is a problem. All right, I know that was a little bit of a rant and I don't like to take things negatively, but I'm just worried about things. So with that said, let's move into some current headlines. So Paycor Stadium is what it's going to be from now on. And you know what? They seem like good people. They threw a lot of money into the Bengals. The Bengals seem happy about it. It's a money-based decision. And this is one of those companies that you kind of don't know what they do. They're in human resources and management and I don't know. I mean, I guess I could Google them and read more on them. I read the statement on their company's mission and I still don't know really what they do, but keep the money rolling in. We'll name the stadium Paycor. Is it a glamorous name? In my opinion, no, but that's okay. The money is here. Let's do something with the money and have a positive relationship with this company moving forward. Lyle Collins is back at practice, which is very big news. I I would say don't push it too much. You know, I know a back is sensitive. Fortunately, I think it was more of a back flare-up from past issues than a a re-injury of something. So, you know, that's something that a little bit of rest I think he's going to be fine week one, but we see how things are going this preseason. Don't play him. Just let him get to week one in one piece, and hopefully we can get 17 games 
plus three, four postseason games on top of it because he's a major part of this. As I talked about at the top of the show, his health is going to be a big indicator of how far we get this season. In other news, Wyatt Hubert retired. He was the seventh-round pick from last year who missed all of last year with an injury. I was kind of excited to see, you know, he's like kind of like a new draft pick this year, see what happens. He's an edge rusher. You never know. They drafted him for a reason. He retires due to health issues, and that's tough. You know, if a guy's going to retire and leave all that money on the table, whether he made the team or not, he still had a couple more weeks of making that paycheck and living the life. And I guess after the first preseason game, I didn't even see him in there. I don't know if it was the lack of playing time or he was battling some ailments, but he decided, you know, I'm going to end my football career here. And that's a that's a brave move, and that's a bold move, and I wish him luck in the rest of his life. I wish it could have worked out better. And that's the way it goes. And that's just something that we all should learn from the draft picks, right? You draft seven guys, and you're banking on all these guys working out. And in most cases, only a handful of those guys are going to work out. This is an example of that. Nice to see Jesse Bates at the game. He attended in the suite, which is good, because if it was really a bad relationship, he wouldn't have stepped foot in that stadium. So him being there means, you know what, I'm not going to sweat with you guys all through August I'll be back for week one, pay me my $13 million, and let's go make a Super Bowl. And you know what, Jesse? That's fine by me. Injuries. Drew Sample has a knee sprain, which happened in practice prior to this game. So we'll see what happens there. They're saying that he's going to be ready for week one. And Mitchell Wilcox hurt his ankle early in preseason game one. So we're down two tight ends, and that's going to open up opportunities for the guys behind him. So speedy recoveries to Sample and Wilcox. And in the meantime, guys like Thad Moss and Eubanks and everyone behind him, Scotty Washington, this is your opportunity to have a shot at the roster. You know, now you're not looking up at three, four guys ahead of you. You're only looking at one or two. So now's the time. As we mentioned earlier, Brandon Allen has the concussion. They're saying he's going to be back next week. You guys know how I feel about concussions. I say it's at least a two-week injury, but they're probably going to rush him back next week because they don't have many other options. So good luck, Brandon. Hope you don't come back too early because you know those concussions, they stack up, and you're living with with that for the rest of your lives. Ben Brown got injured in the game, unspecified, but he's someone who we were hoping that could battle for that backup center, backup guard position, played a lot of both in college, also had injury problems in college, so it's it's upsetting to see in his first preseason game that he does have an injury. Hopefully it's minor. Hopefully he can come back and still compete for a roster spot. And Tarikas Tisdale, he only played like four or five snaps, and he got banged up too. And you know what? He looked big in there, and he looked fast in there. So I'm hoping this is a minor injury because I want to see more of what this guy has. And then lastly, we waived a couple players already. So Shermari Jones got waived. And I was looking at him as possibly being a short yardage goal line running back. And I don't know how you evaluate him and cut him after that performance because there was absolutely nowhere to run the whole game. But obviously he was very low. You know, he was probably the 88th, 89th, 90th guy on the roster. And the Puka Williams experiment appears over. And that was a guy that we had high hopes for. Hopefully he could have been a gadget guy and... Problem is, first punt to him, he bobbles it. And I'll tell you, that's something that you carry for the rest of your life. You know, for us, it's just, oh, Puka bobbled a punt in a preseason game. You know, it doesn't matter to us fans, you know, whatever. Maybe we're disappointed at the time. But for him, 
Do you know how many times, if he doesn't get another shot at the NFL and, and that was it, that play is just going to live in his mind forever. And that's unfortunate because he obviously had a great high school career, a great college career, made an NFL roster, was fighting his way, was on the practice squad last year, saw some time in a game, and now you're going to deal with that one mistake, which was enough to tip you over the edge. And, you know, Puka, I'm I'm hoping you're mentally strong enough to just get by that, but it would be hard for me to get by that. It would be hard for anybody to get by that. And then the human side of another guy who got cut, Abu Dharami Soare. I mean, we heard the stories on him going to play in Germany, delivering for, I don't know, Uber Eats or something like that. You know, just a guy willing to work his way from the bottom with one dream to make the NFL, you know, staring into the mirror and pointing into the mirror and saying, I'm going to be the one to do it. And unfortunately, he got waived too. I'm hoping there's another another team interested in him. I don't want to see his journey end. But man, you know, sometimes it's like that. It's like, I guess it's a cliche, but it's like all the will in the world sometimes isn't enough to to get there. And you see that in this circumstance. I mean, when you were reading about him and, and seeing his effort, and even the effort he put forth in this game, you kind of felt like nothing's going to stand in, the, in his way. You know, he has the will to fulfill his dreams. And unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. And that's how it is sometimes for, for people and life and everything in general. Man, I hate to be a downer. It's just, it's upsetting with the injuries and the offensive line and, you know, guys' careers ending on trivial things. But, you know, it's all part of it. There's a lot of fun that goes into this. And then sometimes you have to analyze the things that aren't as happy, I guess. Preseason Week 1, Arizona Cardinals 36, Cincinnati Bengals 23. All right, so let's review the Cardinals game. Yes, I was not there because I don't live in Cincinnati. It's a preseason game. I'm over here in New Jersey. I'm at the mercy of NFL Network to see the game. So the game showed at midnight. So there I was after a full day slate at midnight. I started watching the game. And after rewinding and going over everything in as much detail as I could, it was like 4.30 in the morning when I was done watching it. So here are my observations. I did not watch the game twice. I tried to just hit everything on on the first watch, and here's what I saw. I'm not going to go over strategy or game flow or impactful plays because it's preseason. They're mixing personnel in there. You really can't talk about it as like a, a regular season game. It's more just like it's good practice for the coaching staff to call plays and practice your substitutions. And in our case, I guess it's more beneficial to us to analyze the players rather than talk about strategy and game plan and stuff. So with that said, let's kind of break it down position group by position group. And again, try not to give you a novel on each. I'll just try to spit out some quick facts. I'm going to start with the specialist because Evan McPherson is amazing and he's going to be the best kicker in football this season and beyond. Justin Tucker, look out, man. You're, you're, you were the pioneer and your replacement is coming. I don't care how much money you signed for. We got our guy and he's going to make new records and achieve new heights. If he hit a 58-yarder, he hit a 56-yarder, three field goals on the night, two perfect extra points. He even had a kickoff that went through the uprights. I don't know if he was just showing off, but it's just like, what can't this guy do? An amazing, amazing player. We're fortunate to have him. You know, as the game wore on, we were having a hard time cracking the 50. I know late in the game we had a couple touchdowns, but for the most part... 
were kind of stalling at midfield because of the offensive line woes. And after he kicked the, the second 50-yarder, I was like, don't have him kick anymore. Like, I, I didn't want to see him go for another 50-yarder. Of course he would have made it. Of course he would have been fine. But I was like, just imagine him, like, tweaking something in his hip or his calf or his hamstring to boot another 50-yarder in, in a preseason game. So I'm glad it didn't work out that way. But really, after he hit the second 50, I was like, no more. No more. Just go for it on fourth and seven from the 42, please. And the snaps and the holes were flawless, no matter which combination was in there. So that battle is still going to continue. Chrisman and Huber kind of had a standoff, so pretty much equal up to this point. And it's a shame for Huber that he's going to have to fight in every preseason game to have a better game than Chrisman to make the squad. You would think he would kind of get a little bit of grandfathered, pardon the pun, but courtesy there. But that's the way it goes. So they're going to have these two guys battle it out. Best man wins. The one thing I did see is Chrisman's hang time wasn't as good as it should be. I mean, he's got a powerful leg. He can kick the ball out of the field. So that's something that I think he's going to work on. Uh, what, who am I to say you need to work on that? Obviously, they know. But that was one observation that I did make on his kicking game. All right, on to the quarterbacks. Brandon Allen was 3-for-3 three three prior to the concussion. I was really looking forward to seeing him shred a second-team defense because we really need that for our esteem as Bengal fans to know that he can come in there and do something like that. Didn't get that opportunity due to the offensive line. Putting it bluntly, there it is. Jake Browning had a decent game. Not spectacular, but definitely not bad. Somewhere in the middle there showed a lot of poise under pressure. And he had good movement, and he was throwing on the run. He was finding guys. So good stuff that kind of indicates that you're probably going to be the number three and probably be on the practice squad. Or if something you know, were to happen to Brandon Allen long-term, maybe you're the number two. Not sure if he's quite ready for that, but this game was a, was a pretty good step in that direction. And then Drew Plitt was 6-for-6, six six, a perfect passer rating, a beautiful touchdown pass to Pryor near the end of the game. And everything I read says nothing's enough. He's just a training camp arm, and he'll be waived in a week or two when Burrow comes back. And that's unfortunate to see him that dismissed. But you know what? Just keep doing it. Just keep playing. I mean, if you go into next game and play a whole quarter and have a perfect passer rating, it's they can't ignore you forever. You can't say that he didn't make the most of his opportunity when he had the chance. So he did. I hope that continues. And man, I'm pulling for you. On to the running backs. Nowhere to run. You can't fairly evaluate anyone's performance. Chris Evans was spectacular, though. He had the 65-yarder. I know there was a holding call, and it was a legitimate holding call, but a great run. He had the one touchdown, another holding call, another great run, and he had a 41-yard kickoff return. So he's going to be doing it all this year, and very excited to see him expand his role. And while we're talking about Chris Evans returning the kickoff, he got great advice from Brandon Wilson. And if you've ever returned a kick in your life, this is the advice, and this is what works. Get it and hit it. Great advice from Brandon Wilson, who's proven that he can do it, and that's what you do. You don't get it and hesitate and look and dance and go side to side. You take it and you go right upfield. And I'm glad that he's taking that advice from someone who did it at a Pro Bowl level. So great advice, and obviously Chris Evans is putting it into action. 
Jock Patrick had a good game. I got to see him on the roster somewhere. Just keep him on the practice squad. Hopefully he doesn't get plucked again, but keep this man in the building. He's a short yardage back. He ran strong. He had a nice reception down the middle of the field. And it's just someone that I feel that if anything happens to the guys in front of him, he can come in and give us some serviceable time. Travion Williams, I mean, he's fighting for everything now, and you can't go by this game. I said This will be the third time I've said it now, but there was nowhere to run, so we can't evaluate Travion Williams' game. Wide receivers, Trent Taylor has to make this team, which we know he's going to, and not just as a punt returner. You have to involve this guy in the offense. He's like that perfect slot guy, and he doesn't have to be a Tyler Boyd replacement. Obviously, we have our slot guy. But if you're going five wides, there's no reason not to get this veteran who knows how to run routes and be elusive on the field. And like I said, Joe Burrow can find you. You could put yourself out there, and Burrow will hit you with a pass. I don't know how far you're getting after the pass, but Burrow will put it in your hands. And you get someone like Trent Taylor, he could be very productive in this offense. And I was saying that last year, too. And really, the only time we saw him was on that two-point conversion, which was a huge play. But in this game, he's going against backups, but he's shredding them. And I just feel in the five-wide receiver set, he can just get lost under underneath and do some damage. So hopefully you guys are listening. Please use Trent Taylor more. Do not underestimate this man. Kendrick Pryor was like the player of the game, and that's great. These undrafteds, you're waiting to see if anyone's going to rise up. The odds are stacked against them. Pryor had a great sideline catch. He had a great contested catch. He had that big TD catch. I think he's going to make the roster. You know, you, even if you can't get him on the active with your six, they're probably going to go seven at wide receiver. Not sure he's going to quite crack that because I really do like the guys in front of him. But he is someone that you can sneak on the practice squad, and as soon as you start getting injuries like every position group does, he's a very good candidate to come up to the roster. And again, you know, he's doing it against twos and threes and fours out there. We get it. But a great game. If he keeps showing up like this, they're not going to be able to keep him off the team. Trenton Irwin, a guy who's fighting for his job where I think he should be an automatic on the roster. He wasn't targeted a lot this game, but he showed what he's always showed. He's reliable. Great hands, made a great sideline catch. And Jake Sorensen had a nice sideline catch. So it was good on all parts. All the receivers performed when they had the chance to, and it was a situation of duress. It wasn't just sit back and let guys get open. It was a lot of hurried passes, so guys had to get open in a hurry. And we saw that, and we saw a lot of nice catches. So I'm very happy about this wide receiver group. I know there's a lot of talk of spending some free agent money and getting a fourth wide receiver Enough, enough of that. We have enough wide receivers. I don't care even if one of the big three goes down, you know, let's pray not. But even if that's the case, you have enough behind them. And I believe that you should put that extra money that you have right now into getting a couple veteran offensive linemen. That's a better choice now than getting a fourth wide receiver when you already have guys that look like they can step into that role. Offensive line. I said everything I could say about the offensive line at the top of the show. I guess the only thing I didn't say is I thought Cordell Volson was the only one who played decently. And I didn't watch every snap on every guy. I'm sure if I looked, there was probably some more highlights and some decent play here and there. But on the surface, just watching the game and going through, he was like the only one who I was like, you know what, he's a little raw, but he's doing his job. Tight end, Moss had a couple catches, he had the holding penalties, and 
you obviously say, oh, the holding penalties are a big negative. I don't know if he's going to make the team, blah, 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 blah. But remember, he isn't known for his blocking. So the fact that he had the holding penalties means that he's being tenacious. Am, am I trying to make this look better than it is? Maybe because I like the player. But at least he's in there fighting for the holding penalties as opposed to just letting guys waltz by him. Something that needs to be cleaned up, obviously. He's going to hear about it all week on what he did wrong. But at least he's he's making an effort to block and be a complete tight end because he knows that's what he's going to need to do to make this team. Another guy I'm rooting for, Scotty Washington, was solid, so we'll see how that story develops as well. And moving along to defense, we let up a lot of points in this game, and it was due to, in my opinion, three things. One was not containing the quarterback. There were so many times where we had good coverage, the scheme seemed pretty sound, even a decent amount of pressure, and then there was like nothing on the middle level, and the quarterback is just running wild, and it happened quite a bit in this game, and I think that was a big reason why we lost. And the starters, we had that problem a year you know, year and a half ago, and a little bit early last year, Jets game being one of those type games, but it looks like that was something that we cleaned up with the starters. You see the problem with the backups, hopefully it's correctable, and I don't think it's going to be a problem once the starters are in there but definitely something that lost this game for us. Second thing was we had decent coverage for the whole game. Some guys had very good games on the outside, but there were just too many completed passes in general, and that will kill you. You know, completed passes typically are first downs. First downs move the chains. You move the chains enough, and you score touchdowns and field goals, and you win the game, and that's what happened here. And the other thing that was really surprising, because I thought the defensive line was playing well, we were just getting destroyed in goal line short yardage. It was like every time they were in that range, it was like a walk into the end zone. And I, I don't know if it was the package that we had in there, if it was something scheme-wise, if it was lapses on particular players' parts. Whatever was happening, it was like, oh, you know, they're at the three-yard line. They're going to walk in the end zone. And sure enough, that's what happened. So those are the three things that I think contributed to giving up all those points and losing this game. Quarterback contain. Too many completed passes, getting killed in goal line short yardage. Defensive line, Zach Carter was excellent. Out of a third rounder to come out like that, he has big legs too. He just has the build for it. I understand why he was drafted where he was. You know, it, when we picked him, we were, a lot of people were like, ah, that's probably, we probably reached a little bit for him, but not based on this game. He, it looks like he has the physique. He was active in the run game. He has some pressures. He had a batted ball. I'm looking forward to him playing the next couple games. He plays like that. He's in the rotation, period, for years to come. So, I mean, it's one game. Maybe I'm jumping the gun there. But let's go, Zach Carter. Very, very happy with your performance. And Jeffrey Gunter, same thing. You just never know when you're going to get him. You know, like Wyatt Hubert, seventh rounder the year before. I still had high hopes. You never know, right? And here we are, Gunter, seventh rounder this year comes in with a high motor and that's one of the best things that you can have he's got the physique decent speed had a batted ball had a sack had pressure just everything that you want in your nfl debut he wants it and he's another guy you keep playing like that they'll find a way to keep you around this building for years so carter and gunter man very pleasant surprises and we we can use it Especially with everyone saying, well, you don't have a lot of depth at edge, and you don't have a lot of depth at three technique. Well, if these two guys show up like this against starting caliber NFL players, we solve some of that depth problem. So keep it going, guys. Cam Sample, very active. 
look out for him. He's just another one. He's a guy that can have a nice career here as a rotational guy, and it just always seems to make plays when he's in there. Doesn't disappear. Not too many negatives in his game. And, you know, throw him in. And the defensive line is not as thin as you think, especially if Carter Gunther Sample play like they did Friday night. And Tarikus Tisdale, it's a shame he got hurt, and I hope it's not significant because he looked big. He had good size when he was in there, and he looked fast. And those are two great traits to have. You know, the football acumen, that's obviously the biggest part of it. That's coming together. Hopefully they can, they can coach that into him. Coach Hobby's notorious for doing that. But it looks like he has the measurables. So another guy I'm very anxious to see. I hope he's healthy enough to play the last two games to show what he can do so he just doesn't get overlooked because he's not in there. Linebackers, Clarence Hicks does what he did in college. A great up-the-middle sack. He's known as a rusher, and that's exactly what he did in his first game. Just keep going at that pace because if you can get to the passer, you're going to have a job in the NFL. Keandre Jones was very active. You know he's probably not going to get too many snaps from scrimmage during the season, but if he can keep playing like this in the preseason and keep doing what he did on special teams last year, he'll earn himself a spot as well. And Akeem Davis-Gaither, I was really excited to see him And he looked a little rusty, so I'm hoping that that turns around. He's obviously a lock for the roster and someone that I think we're going to rely on a lot this year. And I assume he's going to have a good season. Just in me watching the game and making some quick observations, he had three tackles, which was good. He also, in my opinion, had three negative plays as well. So, you know, you kind of put him at a net zero right there. I guess he didn't hurt us too badly, didn't help us greatly, kind of right in the middle. Again, going against backups, you want to see Gaither be a little more dominant, but it's his first action in a long time, so let's see how the second and third game play out because obviously he's going to be in there on third downs against the Steelers. And lastly, defensive backs. I think we got something with this first-round pick. Dax Hill was excellent. And it's not just the plays that you notice. You know, if you like I was watching his game more closely than a lot of the players because he obviously he's a first-round pick. He's got the speed. He might be replacing Jesse Bates if, if things go bad there. So there's a lot riding on this guy. Like, he might be the only new starter on the defense. So I was really locked into him, even the plays that he wasn't involved in. And what I saw, we all know he had the great range, and he showed that. But what I liked, he had great angles to the ball constantly. I'm watching him, and I'm like, he just took the proper angle. And a lot of times, young players don't, you know, the... They, they cut in and where they should be cutting out when they're making a when they're moving towards the sideline to make a tackle and he just seemed to really have a natural knack for that and as a safety you need to be able to have that spatial awareness to take great angles on the ball and that's what I saw in his game right away and I assume that's going to be a, a part of his game and if it is he's going to be a very good safety in this league and he had the pick in the end zone he high pointed that ball like like an NBA player, and then hits the ground, it comes out, and he got up there. No one behind him was going to touch that ball with him high-pointing it like that. And that's great athleticism, great to see. And the big thing on Dax Hill is the touchdown that happened, their first touchdown for the Cardinals. If you watch the play just the first time around, you're like, oh, man, Dax got beat on that. And, you know, he's the last guy running to the ball. If you see the highlights on SportsCenter or NFL Network, same thing. Wow, our first rounder just got beat for a touchdown. 
but if you watch the play, and I'm not a defensive coach, but if you watch the play, it looks like that was a little bit on Flowers as well. And I'm not knocking on Flowers. Everyone has a play, a mistake here, a mistake there. I thought he played excellently for us last year. He was playing banged up this game as well. I know I'm making too many excuses. But what what I saw on that was Flowers had the coverage on him, but he looked into the backfield and kind of bit on a fake. And by doing that, he let the wide receiver loose, and Hill couldn't get there quickly enough. So if you're just looking at it without analyzing it, you just think, oh, Hill. But in reality, if Flowers did his job better and didn't bite on the fake, I don't know if that's a touchdown. So, I don't know, just trying to throw some insight at you that it's not always the guy, the last guy that you see on your screen when the guy's spiking the ball is the guy at fault. And I think this was a case of that. Jalen Davis was good in coverage, had good penetration on that one running play, kind of looked like Mike Hilton. He's not going away easily. You know, when you have a guy like that at the bottom of the roster, you forget how hard he worked to make the team last year. And then you have new guys, and you always get hyped on the new guys. Oh, we drafted a bunch of guys. And a guy like this becomes an afterthought. But he's he wants to make this team, and he has experience, and he played a very good game. So he's saying, yeah, I know you brought in a bunch of guys that play my position, but I'm not going anywhere. So good luck, Jalen. I'm pulling for you, man. Buki Radley-Hiles was really close on a couple pass breakups. The fact that he didn't get him, it's such a fine line. Like, if he makes those two pass breakups, he had an outstanding game. The fact that he didn't, and he was so close, now it's like he had an air game. He had a rough game, a subpar game, and that's tough for a guy trying to make the roster. At least he's around the ball. We'll see what the next couple weeks hold for him. And back to players that definitely need to make this team and have a role Mike Thomas, the safety. We know that he's the personal protector on special teams. Coach Simmons loves him. There's a lot of guys at safety that he has to battle with, especially when Brandon Wilson becomes healthy. So it's a tough battle for him to make this squad, but you just feel like you have to put him on. He looked great from scrimmage, and we obviously know what he can do in special teams, and he's a veteran, just a guy that needs to make the roster, and I'm hoping it goes that way for him. And then Alan George, this was kind of a big week for him because he actually started over Cam Taylor Britt in one of the scrimmages, and big deal was made over that. And, you know, Bengals.com did a big article on him, so you know his whole story. And, again, it's an, a story of a guy that you're rooting for. And he comes out, he, he looked like he had good size, good length out there, and around the ball, didn't have the greatest game. He had the pass interference early, which was a big play, and he let up a couple other passes. So, you know... Again, still early, still pulling for him. We'll see what happens. It's just a roller coaster of the NFL, right? You go from, wow, he's starting over the second rounder. This guy's going to be special to, eh, he had a mediocre game. So, man, just a, a, a real tough profession to be in. It's fun for us to watch and root, you know, do what we do as fans and bet. It's it's a big social event for us. It's not easy for these guys. I, I totally sympathize. And Trayvon Henderson, the man who just keeps making the team, whether it's practice squad, roster, I love it. He just won't go away, and I respect that so much, and I'm hoping that he finds a spot for himself this year because he's a good guy, and he's been with us for a while. He had a nice pass defense in the fourth quarter, and he was very active, so he's another guy. They drafted guys ahead of him. He knows he's not in the forefront of their radar, but he's still playing his tail off and still showing that he belongs in this league. 
So nice job, Trayvon. All right, so that's the breakdown of the game and the position groups. We get the gist. So next game is going to be against the Giants on Sunday. And I think really the benefit of this is the coaching staff gets to practice substitutions and calling plays. I think that's always the big thing. You know, you get used to the play clock running in, in, a, in a game situation, not just practice. You're hitting guys in another jersey, right? Because you have those those practice superstars, right? We've seen them our whole lives. Even personally, I've seen them. And then, you know, when you, when you get to the games, they disappear. So, so this is a chance for these guys to prove you're not just a practice player and you can only do it against guys in your own jersey, but you can actually go out and battle other teams and make an impact. So what do we do for the Giant game? I'm not going to talk strategy or plays, obviously. I just want to say no offensive starters until the O-line fixes the problem. You can't risk having anyone back there. Even Chris Evans, who's not really a starter, hey, you want to see what he has? We know what he has. So this is a game to not get anyone hurt, and that's a shame. We can't even let these players get truly evaluated because it's a jailbreak every down out there. So it is what it is. You guys know how I feel. Mr. Tobin, please, if the ball's in your court, fix this. There's still time to fix this. you got a couple weeks. And other things for the Giants game, you want to continue to let your young players and the back of the roster get work. And I'm excited to see all the draft picks again. You want to see Dax Hill in there a lot. Carter and Gunter, hopefully they continue what they're doing. Volson's going to need some more time in there to show that maybe he's going to be the fifth or sixth offensive lineman. Cameron Taylor-Britt, we're all excited about him. It'll be nice to see him get some game action. Tyson Anderson, another one. He was active in this game. I wouldn't say it was the greatest game for him, but first game, not too worried. Didn't do anything major good or major bad. So he's another one that I'm looking forward to seeing against the Giants. That's the key. Just keep everyone healthy, be smart, and please fix this offensive line. There's still time. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be a review of the Bengals' second preseason game against the Giants, and we're also going to welcome in some special guests as well. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. Unofficial Bengals Podcast.